0: Okay. Redundancies. <coughs> Throats almost back to normal. Aside from all that sick. What the f*** is going on down there? T T How Welcome to episode 474. It's one of those uh, episodes that's palindrome because it ends in a four and the first number is four. There's, there's going to be another another uh, two of these, I think. At least. Um, we'll see, though.
1: Uh, Aaron, hello. You're not sick anymore, right? Now I'm on the You're other completely side. Cured. I'm on uh, the other side of sick. Uh, Alfie got some some c- sort of con crud at Gen Con and uh, I was like, ah, I made it through just fine and then thursday and friday it hit me horribly and then saturday i had just a mouthful of disgusting dry mouth yuck nastiness that i won't share much more than that other than i was out for a whole lot of sleep that means uh yours incubated more slowly you
0: gotta you gotta have a word with your white blood cells or whatever yeah like, hey listen if something's going on just do it all right mm-hmm. <laughs> don't give me the false sense of security uh well i'm glad you're feeling better um well, dj thanks. you you seem to be uh to be pretty chipper almost as though you've uh, taken a step forward in in uh equipment type of uh lifestyle choices well chipper about that as i think about
2: that part of it yes there's yes. the other part of it that what other part right
0: right Absolutely. Right. gotta listen face forward walk forward never look back never even look to either side Cars will stop for you. It's fine. As mm-hmm. long as I keep the phone number for MasterCard blocked on my cell phone, I'm good. Yep. You know what? What are they going to talk to you about on the phone anyway? Probably nothing nice. So I wouldn't pick up the phone if I think I'm going to have a bad phone call. Yeah. Never had a nice talk with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,. We are here to talk to you today about Transformers, truth be told, everybody who's listening. Uh, we're going to start off with a real quick topic because we all talked here on the Even Team especially about the finances of the last night. And so I figured it would be prudent to throw in this, this recent front page topic just to close the book on it. The last night, Transformers the last night, trans if you will, uh, has just concluded its box office run. Uh, domestically in the US it made $130 million, internationally it made $473 million for a total of $604 million dollars. Uh and that still makes it a massive drop compared to previous movies. And uh man, I still love reading things like it made over half a billion dollars and that's not positive
1: cuz that, that's yeah. crazy, but what what are numbers?
0: <laughs> yeah, what are what are they <laughs> exponents is what they are. Uh but yeah, it uh, it has not done as well as previous films. That probably is going to lead to some behind the scenes shakeups, and I I think that's probably for the best. Uh, I certainly didn't have a ballpark on what money the movie would make. Did either of you have a ballpark? I don't remember guesstimating it. Yeah, I I don't even really do that myself very much. Like uh-huh. I, I talk to a lot of people who do, and it kind of wigs me out sometimes. I think the thing is, every time
2: they make one and it comes out awful, I assume that it's going to be worse, and then it isn't.
0: Yeah. So I guess finally the trend has, has caught on, as we talked about before. Um, Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, international is is bigger than domestic. So think about that,
1: America. <laughs> Them foreigners still haven't learned what a good movie is. Herp, her her. Something like that. I don't even know
0: anymore. But I I had this feeling that if we didn't talk about this at all and just glaze past it, someone would go like, hey, why didn't you bring up this thing after you talked about it so much? So there you go. Box office runs concluded. Uh, um, Unless we have some real big news about Blu-ray sales, I think we're done talking about the last night, except just I want to throw out there, man, those Blu-ray covers suck. Uh, I've seen like two or three of them. That font is hilarious for this logo for this movie. Uh, and those covers are are all just hot messes, and they all have a huge Optimus Prime on them, which is real funny. Um, but I, I think I think those covers also speak of a fatigued production, because uh, some of them are just Photoshop vomit—the best way I can put it. Everyone's head floating in one space. Uh, vomit shop. Vote. I'm trying to I'm trying to put puke and Photoshop together because they both have a P in them, but it actually really isn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Pukoshop. That's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on. Uh, I actually have a pretty meaty listener question for us that I thought would be real fun to just dive right into. Uh, This comes from Alec. Who says, Dear What the Flippity-Doo-Daw at TFW. I presume that's what it stands for. Maybe that is. Back in the earlier days of third party, a majority of releases consisted of upgrade kits for official Transformers. Uh, or full-on figures, as far as we could see. Um, would be something uh, Hasbro... that Or full-on figures that, as far as we could see, would be something Hasbro Takara would never really do. Stuff like Warbot Defender or, at the time, uh, the first... TFC Hercules, the first Devastator. Uh, However, nowadays, it seems like a lot of companies are openly competing with HazTac, what with many of them trying to push their own Masterpiece X character out the door before an official one is made. Do you think the third-party market trying to compete with official Transformers is healthy, either for all the soulless corporations in question or for Transformers community and fandom at large? On a lighter note, in a Toy Story-esque scenario, which of your toys do you think uh, would be the most likely to want to kill you in your sleep? Be it not for playing with them, breaking them, and shoving them into stackable containers, or etc. Thank you. So, I guess quickly, the Toy Story question: What of your toys are you the most afraid of in a horror movie sense, um, Aaron?
1: I've I've not thought of t- my toys that way. What's one you've because abused? I guess I've never been a that sort of person. Like Lego, because I've taken it back apart. I don't know. You know, you know, the kind of person who says, I would never do that. I'm not that sort of person. It's the person who does it. I know I'm on to (laughs) you. No, like my my brother, if it looked like a plane, it was supposed to fly. And that's how most of my mask toys ended up broke. Thanks, Anson. But beyond that, (laughs) no, I've never been like, ah, crash, crash, crash with toys. What about what about not playing with what about ignoring them? Oh, most of my stuff gets played with four or five times and then posed or put away. So then everything. Hmm.
0: It's got to be. You know what? What about what about? This is going back a bit. What about Leader Dark of the Moon Ironhide?
1: I don't know why everybody like. I don't remember my opinion of that toy being that bad. I I I all I remember is that it didn't match everyone
0: else's and it was negative. So I'm just in my head that's spinning into that's the toy that would come for you. Yeah, man. And
1: I, as as I recall, it was. N- just not positive. It was like, eh, it's okay. The 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 voyagers basically the same thing. Yeah.
0: So all the Voyager Iron hides would come to your defense then in this situation. Yeah. I, I'm now really in love with the idea of of just like a sea of shambling mask vehicle corpses just enveloping your brother and like eating him like the blob. It's going like this. Or it's collecting him up inside their mask mm-hmm. and it's going like now we're gonna make you fly. Anyway, just that. Roll up the body onto the head. I'll show you. (laughs) This turns into a giant mask. Can't breathe through Mm -hmm. it. Uh, TJ, do you think any of your toys would want to kill you? Armada hotshot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's not even a question. I have
2: spent so many years beating that toy up. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that's the serial killer one to do it because he's always smiling at you. whole time and then he just shoots the missile right up your nose while you're asleep
0: i was waiting for him to scream and then shoot it down my throat to choke me to death see i think that because there's a gag reaction that's not as as surefire a death whereas if he like spends a few years just pumping up quietly that spring in his launcher to like really unsafe levels and he just fires it straight up your nostril during an inhale so it just goes right in, like pierces the membrane and hits your brain, like goes straight through the, you know, the the frontal lobe. I think that's what Hotshot would do. I was pointing at my forehead to try to make a point there, by the way, for those who can't see me. Oh, I, I could see it. Okay, good. Um, I'm thinking in my case, it would be it would be like probably toys that I've like I've like bought dupes of just to have like a spare part or to like rip apart the dupe to repair another toy. It's like all the shambling zombie corpses of my attempts at customization and repair. They would probably just pile onto me. That and like um back when Jack Specific had Street Fighter, like those real garbage G.I. Joe size uh, Street Fighter 4 figures. Um, I had bought a two-pack of them. One of them was L what's his name, the Mexican wrestler guy with the frying pan. Uh and I bought it to make fun of it, and then it I forgot about it, and it spent five years in a in a container, and then I gave it away in a charity auction. I think the, that guy would probably come back and just like beat me to death with his tiny plastic frying pan. If his arm would stay attached. Like who knows if that'll happen. Because <laughs> it was those toys. Not Jack specific, Jazzwares. It's the Jazzwares Street Fighter line. Uh, anyway, onto the real thing here. Um TJ, let's start with you, or you know, let's open dialogue this, or cut in whenever. But um the current state of third party stuff, I guess with a focus on the uh the handful of companies. Who are really focused on the masterpiece likes? Like, how do you feel about it in general? In
2: general, it feels like what I was interested in with third party has kind of gone away. Like we kind of, oh, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand. Just I prefer mm-hmm. it when you see these companies doing original and different things. You know, when they were trying to make something of their own rather than just copy what's already been done or just replicate something that you know hasbro is going to do eventually you know you know the reason it was popular before was because matt you know like uh hasbro said more than once we can't do a new devastator we can't make that many green toys at the same size at, all at the same yeah. time mm-hmm. you know things like that or you know it's too much There's too much engineering in making a new ultra magnus that does everything the old one
0: did yeah and 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 at the time, like when those figures came out, it was also some years before the official version then came out after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, which I think does lead to it leads to a good educated guess as to whether or not popular third party items have have uh, informed um, design decisions made as to like what what the focus is going to be in the collector line for Transformers. Yeah, oh, I don't I've think got, we'll ever really know. But I've, well, I've got no doubt.
2: Mm. I mean, like when Generations was about to move into the the, uh, the trilogy that we're in now, the Prime Wars trilogy. Like that last wave, especially, because you, you finally got an RC, which mm-hmm. they had been so shy mm-hmm. from from doing. And it's pink and everything. Uh, you got a headmaster out. And at the time, those were like the two big deal third party releases we Were headmasters, uh, RC, who could do an actual RC. Mm-hmm. So like I always felt like. I always felt like a lot of those, especially the, there at the end, were kind of answers to what third party was doing.
0: Yeah, and in, in, in their own way, I think Combiner Wars especially. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, if, if there was ever one time where I'd say something was probably informed by the habits of unofficial companies, it was probably Combiner Wars. Um, Just in every way, shape and form, it seemed to be... uh. I hesitate to say a reaction because, like, I I really don't want to attribute such a direct connection, um, when it's it's kind of an unknown. But it, that's that's when I felt the most like there was a real connection there, mm. um, which also sadly has little to do with the masterpiece side of this, which I think is my least favorite part of what's going on with third-party Transformers right now. Um, I would, by the way, I'd throw in there, uh. And and this is part of what annoys me about how much uh, of a presence Masterpiece Alikes have in the unofficial market right now. A lot of people who just look in in on the third-party market every now and then and don't actively participate in it. I've seen a lot of people who think that that is all that there is now in the third-party marketplace is Masterpiece Alikes. And it's like... It's frustrating when I see, like, you know, someone puts up a picture of, like, you know, an ex-trans bot, Masterpiece Alike, and, you know, or, like, the Seven Springers, and they go, like, this is why I gave up on third party, it looks like third party still has no imagination, blah, 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 and I'm like, man, this sucks, because, like, I vehemently disagree, but I certainly partly blame uh, the, the Masterpiece Alike uh, fad for, you know, s- supporting uh, that idea, when, if you just peek in now and then and you see those kind of collages, it's like, Certainly, you're going to think that. and It's frustrating, and I know it's frustrating for a lot of designers, too, uh, who want to do more creative stuff. But the other, other types of things do happen in that marketplace. It is just not as common anymore. Um, Aaron, how about you? How do you feel about, just on, on the top level, this question?
1: Um, I, I think that Hasbro may have gotten some uh, unsolicited market advice by way of third party I like um, that phrasing. Yeah, I, I don't think I mean it's a thing where a, a little bit of competition is maybe good for the proverbial keeping them on their toes of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, that there's there's got to be a certain level where you know they can see like okay, there is a market out there. For masterpiece style things for the Hasbro side especially because they still seem to be a little bit shy on it but I think even for uh, ideas and characters and things that they see the third party companies hit a little bit more that maybe they hadn't that Hasbro hasn't hit for a while and they see adult collectors in that market picking it up is probably a decent way for them to say hey there actually is like demand there and it may even be something so far as like I'm pretty sure that the designers would have a good idea of that because a lot of them are either like fans through everything or or you know they have a good pulse on it but Mm -hmm. I think it may be a good thing that you can take it back to the the proverbial suits of like no look there's this market we've got a pretty good idea that it's this much money at this price point Plug that into your spreadsheet, see what number drops out of that, and hey, if we can do something similar, maybe not as good, but at the $40 price point or at a $20 price point, you'll probably have this many more purchases. Why not let us take some of these slots anyway and aim it at something else and maybe gives them some more leverage in arguments when it's maybe not nearly as open?
0: yeah as far as far as like like you were putting it like the free market research that's certainly on a soulless corporation level is like right super helpful i i think i'm sure like if if someone's aware of that and they're also aware of how difficult to pointless trying to legally pursue a lot of that stuff is yeah um then you know even even with like recently there actually was a cease and desist apparently in regards to two third-party items at uh, kapow toys over in the uk um which had some people kind of, you know, look at the sky for a sec for cracks. But I would I would my first reaction after after my first reaction. So I guess my second or third reaction was like if it was for one or two items. Let's bear in mind for a second that like Takara Tomy got a CD and d from Marlboro over exhaust. So this mm-hmm. this may well be like someone aping the wrong car company or something like that, uh, you know, or a logo got in there that like, you know, that logo holder found out about not uh, not the Transformers people. Um so yeah I, I, the, with this question focusing on the masterpiece thing uh I've seen it you know and, and this question's asking like is it healthy that there are so many masterpiece like uh things competing and trying to trying to outpace or come out first when compared to like the official masterpiece toys uh and my my textbook answer has always been like well a lot of third parties tend to be going for one aesthetic while official masterpiece now is like you know leaned heavily into this other aesthetic and a lot of the smarter third party companies are trying to do whatever aesthetic they're not doing to fill in all the gaps and, you know, thus cast a wider net. Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as, like, who's getting hurt, though, third-party companies are hurting each other well before they're going to hurt Official Transformers because with everyone trying to do the same thing, those are the folks who are all going to get hurt first. Official Transformers has lots of other stuff they can fall back onto. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when you, you know, like the collage of Springers, as much as you know i i would i would myself argue a good half of those springers legitimately have good reason to exist for all their various different aesthetic choices someone who thinks on a broader brush type of uh approach is going to say like yeah but i only want one and that means that if there are seven springers six of those companies aren't getting a sale out of you know a given customer yeah. mm-hmm. um and, does and i me
2: think of how many Dinobots and constructicons we've seen at a third party over the years of mm-hmm. all different sizes types aesthetics you know, it says. I think it says a lot when third parties at a state where everyone seems to be doing everything else in a genre that has had thirty plus
0: years of fiction to draw from, and
2: they're mm-hmm. still pulling the same ideas as each other.
0: Well, yeah, and and that's where I think. Um, because I think that the third party market is a beautiful thing in its base concept in allowing. You know, items to exist or, you know, representations of designs to exist that otherwise wouldn't. It allows designers, people who are trying to trying out design for the first or, you know, 10th time. It, it allows for an open creative field in a way that is all rooted in a, in a shared fandom. Uh, I think that, that at this point it is also exposed like the very ugly answer when you ask why doesn't Hasbro or Takara interact more with the fandom and take more direct feedback, you know, on a like message board level. It's because you get the current market where you get um, not everyone, but you get a lot of people and and namely the ones with the most money saying, I want you to make me every masterpiece character I want. Uh, And I think very clearly that is the current dictated market trend uh, as far as like what's getting released and also what's not getting released or what's getting shelved or put to the side until... You know, either this trend that goes away or maybe whatever's put on the shelf never actually comes out, you know, depending on where it made it in production. Um, I think the current atmosphere is ridiculously stifling to more creative ideas. Uh, And so I think that the third party market is, like I said, I think it's hurting itself and it's it's unhealthily competing with itself a whole lot more than it is with official Transformers, like in the small niche that we're all talking about here in the first place uh actual competition with official transformers in a sense is healthy although i would really temper trumpeting that with like a you know a pumped fist by also saying like it's all drawing from someone else's ip and design framework and that like you got to be real about that in a certain way (laughs) like you can't kid yourself it's not like no it's great uh it's making hasbro work more it's like you can say that a couple times but eventually you also got to catch yourself and go like also they're all doing transformers and none of them own the transformers franchise and it's a franchise thing yeah um and i say that as someone who loves a whole ton of third-party stuff uh, i I think it's really important to just like not kid yourself about that kind of thing uh although i appreciate that i appreciate alec using the phrase soulless corporations in question because that's also true you know don't 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 get too attached to the corporation as an entity either like I don't know. In the end of the day, you just got to do what satisfies you the most. And then obviously my bias is I want creative people to get to be creative in the ways they want to. So that's what dictates the kind of stuff I tend to poo-poo and the kind of stuff I tend to trumpet more. Um, And I, I think community-wise, just the whole the whole state of Masterpiece Likes being a big thing and the, that's where a lot of the money people are. I think that I don't know about health or anything, but I think it certainly is a real interesting thing to look at as a framing and as a as a comparison for parts of our community that otherwise you would never know about, you know, who knew that there were going to be people who are ready to drop two hundred bucks on a masterpiece Jetfire, and then the next month or two drop another two hundred bucks on like a masterpiece Grimlock, you know, and etc. 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 Like now we know. Um, so I think I think it's a I think it's a really worthwhile thing to look at, to converse about, to study. And I think you do even better if you kind of. If you try to step out of it before you start talking about it, because otherwise it's going to be like you're talking about it, but you also want to stick up for the things you want to buy. I don't know. I talked a whole bunch. Uh, Aaron, TJ, do you guys have anything else you want to throw in about third party market and all this stuff?
1: Not terribly. Yeah. And uh, all the high points. Yeah, I think I'm good. This it's is always
0: there's so, only so many grievances I want to air about that. You should, if you have another one, you should just air it. Like just do it. Now's the time.
2: No, I'm just I, I think I think we've hit the points. So like I'm tired of the I'm I'm getting exhausted, the lack of creativity, the lack of exploration that used to make up third party. And now I've seen that exploration gets punished sometimes,
0: which is really sad to see. Which which I guess brings us to the next listener question, if you want to just flow into it. <laughs> Uh, cause it comes from Kevin Zigg, and I put this in here because it kind of relates to this. It has to do with Make Toys. Uh, basically he's saying he he he's wondering if he's the only one concerned something might be up with Make Toys since they recently cancelled Galaxy Meteor, which was a masterpiece-styled Cybertron Starscream. Uh, and the cancellation kind of came out of nowhere. Um and he also says that coupled with the fact that they're selling their own merchandise at reduced prices on their website, is giving him some reg some red flags. That's their half-decade deals they're doing. Um so he's worried that they might have had a bad year since some Masterpiece toys that came out might have eaten their lunch, like Inferno and Megatron. Um, and then Make Toys was also doing combiners and city bots, and now Hasbro is doing that themselves. So uh, he's saying, well, it's all speculation on his party wants to know what we're thinking, even if the conclusion is that, uh, quote, I'm a paranoid hypochondriac who has too much time on his hands. I'm one of those two, so don't worry. I got your back there. Uh, for the most part, he says he likes Make Toys products. To
2: someone hy- paranoid hypochondriac that you've got their back. Yeah, I've got your back
0: with my dirty hands. <laughs> I'm watching you. Um, I'm watching you. Don't be paranoid. Basically, yeah, I'm watching you all the time right from over here. <laughs> uh, so he says he might not buy all their stuff, but he'd miss them if they end up folding because of bad financial decisions. So that, that cancellation thing... I don't want to, like, I already actually talked to TJ a whole bunch about this before the recording. That thing is weird to me because after that cancellation notice is when I also found out, because I'd missed it, that Galaxy Meteor, like, a bunch of them were done and for sale at TF Nation in the UK before this cancellation. So that toy's been produced. Which means I I would eat a hat if that toy never gets sold because, like, product for it was produced. And they certainly, they could not have only produced, like, the, like... I don't even remember how many I heard people said were for sale at TF Nation. It wasn't a ton. I can't imagine a tiny, tiny production run like that being the only production run. So, like, if this toy was done and sold, someone's going to sell it. Uh, This this whole thing about there not being enough pre-orders certainly is likely. I wonder if that maybe has to do with there not being enough pre-orders to warrant shipping it to the states to then be resold. But if you're worried about never getting the toy, I, I would be astounded if you can never buy this figure. Uh... It just doesn't make sense to me. I guess what happened a few days after we recorded this... MakeToys put up an item page for Galaxy Meteor... On the MakeToys web store. Surprise! Like, Aaron, you and me... You and me like to pretend like we know about toy production. If a toy's been made um, and has been sold, like...
1: Yeah, I... You know, only if there were other legal sanctions that were coming into play... Uh... Can I I foresee a reason why you would have something produced and sitting somewhere in a warehouse or on a shipping crate or something trying to figure out uh, what to do with it? Like, it wouldn't be pre-orders.
0: Like, if you don't have enough pre-orders, you'd just sell it <laughs> off of your storefront you already have. Right. So,
1: Or if you were aiming at pre-orders before production, you'd just say, hey, that's not enough to make it worthwhile. And then eat the steel mold or eat the mold costs i guess or something so but, I,
0: I was saying on facebook i was like i don't think a lot of these third-party companies can afford to eat the steel mold costs like that but yeah. um one of the one of tfw staff had mentioned to me that like that is also considered by you know other corporations to be what you would call sunk costs uh which is like yeah. those are costs that are spent without you know Im- assuming you're going to get them back yeah but this is also not a corp this isn't like a a huge ass company so I don't know if that's a factor right. for them.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know because you know, like I said if it was something that like yeah, I don't I don't know how a situation like that would come up short of somebody from another com- company's legal department writing a uh direct letter. Yeah. in Um, in which case but as as far as like the deals that they have I don't know maybe they've just always overproduced and Mm. maybe that's part of the problem of just wherever they're trying to store things or wherever they've been trying to work with to, to produce things if they're you know making double the product that they should be and now they're selling stuff at half price that really seems like you know like they're trying to get it out the door because oh god oh god it's everywhere also uh, yeah, warehouse it, space it, costs money like that's yeah.
0: worth mentioning too like four horsemen who do mythic legions are only just now looking into warehouse space uh because of popular demand like that's part of how mm-hmm. they were keeping their cost down was they never had warehouse space they just made to order for pre-orders
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't know that's that's business stuff that I'd kind of like to have better knowledge of, and will admit that I I don't have direct knowledge of at least for for this side of things. I can only go off of my own like logicing of things. But yeah, I. It's
0: like recollection of stuff that we've heard, right? Like that's where I'm coming yeah, it's from. Usually,
1: recollection it's... of stuff that we've heard. I mean, I've worked in manufacturing before. I kind of work around manufacturing now. Man, warehouse space is expensive. To a certain extent, but then also, like setting up tooling for molding and for production is expensive. So there are plenty of cases where, it, at least in like the aviation field, of like, oh hey, they have an order for one, we'll make twenty mm. because it takes three hours to set up everything and five minutes to make the part. Why not hammer out a bunch of these parts instead of around? Because hey, eventually somebody's going to order them. But that's a different realm than toys. Mm. But it still yeah. is like production costs and setup costs and and uh, inspection costs and stuff like that. So that that's
0: also why I'm dubious about about like that this thing is just literally canceled because like I I admit I am assuming they produced more than what they sold at TF Nation, but I feel like mm-hmm. that's an educated guess that's not like super off the mark. And so if you've produced a run of a toy, which is usually at least a couple hundred units, like you don't want that sitting around because that costs money to keep sitting around too (laughs) um tj this this struck two of your of your uh sore spots because this was uh, a project that wasn't a g1 alike and this was a project that was your favorite starscream design yeah this one
2: actually hit me a little bit closer to home than most third-party things typically i can't You know, typically I don't go into third party because I can't justify the price on these. I know why they're that expensive, but I can't make myself pay something like that for a toy that size or that style. But yeah, that's that's one of my favorite Transformer designs, period. I love the look of that Starscream and to do one that's got better proportions to the anime and far better articulation. I was really excited for this one in a way I haven't been excited for third parties since like Hercules. That was really disappointing. That was so disappointing. I wanted this to be successful enough that we get multiple runs, multiple color schemes Hasbro never made, you know, you know, for me it was like I wanted it to work so that we can prove that there's demand for something that isn't just, a masterpiece g1 or a set of combining dinobots or everything else that's already been done
0: so many times yeah like like the only things that are not the you know the big the big fat uh hippos sitting on everyone else's lunch uh, as you might call them is like legend size pocket scale stuff somehow has just really made a landmark crater for itself no one can penetrate which i'm kind of happy about and then you've well, got um, you got well, like masterminds uh, reformatted line, which admittedly dips into IDW a whole ton. Uh, so that may uh, be the reason why. But like those are two things that managed to avoid being G1 masterpiece alike. And I I really appreciate that those are at least getting some support on a big level. I can understand where things, you know, like like Iron Factory
2: releases and such. Like I can see where like that has market, not only because they're typically lower cost something mm-hmm. that's still really interesting to play with there's such a market now for desk sized toys and things that people can keep at their office or their workspace or desk at home and it's not intrusive mm-hmm. but it's there to play with and it looks really good you know that's huge right now so mm-hmm. uh that there i can see that market and yeah you're right like you know when you get into reformat and things and you dip into that idw again this is where you start having like there's a market catering to transformer fans that Hasbro generally doesn't because the IDW stuff sometimes makes it out. You know, you got a G one Magnus that was IDW in style, but mm. now we're uh-huh. seeing, we're seeing that trend go away again because we've got like, like how many times have people been wondering like, why haven't we had an IDW style hot rod after so long? And, and now on another got, one. And well, he's... <laughs> yeah. And now not only do we have, the current hot rod toy that's on the market that's completely g1 we have another one coming out that's completely g1
0: yeah um yeah i i I, uh i'm really happy that that like it's it seems to be working to do uh this comic style and pocket scale stuff um a because i like that stuff but also b because it is like kind of a little swing against the the shield of g1 masterpiece um but yeah, I, I don't think you, I don't if you're worried about like not being able to get Galaxy Meteor specifically, I'm pretty sure you will be like I'd be surprised if that doesn't make its way out somewhere. But TJ, you're right. Like, you know, the recolors, uh, you know, the Skywarp, the Ramjet like oh that. Oh, my God. That's that stuff. I doubt will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that still
2: pains me because that mold looks so good in the black and the purple. Yeah, yeah. I know because they did a
0: Legends version. And it's like you're just teasing me. Stop that. Yeah, and I, and I I certainly, I tried to exercise restraint because like my knee-jerk reaction to seeing that cancellation was just, just like, just get get out a big salt shaker and dump it in the eyeballs of G1 Masterpiece. But then I was, you know, I paused and I was like, all right, whatever. It's just, at it, the end of the day, it's all a trend. It'll eventually move along. Like, the G1 Masterpiece trend right now is getting friggin' three different Masterpiece-sized Omega Supremes to choose from. Uh one of which is like make trying to make a selling point out of how enormous and expensive it is so certainly if there is a glass ceiling to that it is being stretched and fractured and pushed against as hard as possible um yeah we'll see what happens as for make toys themselves I certainly would like make toys to stick around because they do a lot of things I enjoy uh outside of being transformers relevant um but even the best company eventually might just like it might just fall out of fashion you know like a lot of the stuff that i think make toys does best cross dimension and their combiners and their their city bots uh don't follow the current trend and and probably fall closest to being classic style and i found a lot of the people who have the most money seem to be a lot less interested in neo-classic stuff they all moved over to masterpiece style stuff and then whether it's their taste or whether maybe they are just following what their friends are into a lot of them have also been pushed into like it also has to look exactly like the cartoon and uh mm-hmm. you know that's that that's all like that market trend thing and uh going back to the thing we said before I think it's really interesting to to actually now see what would happen if in in a, in one niche of this fandom the fans with the most money would kind of get the say as to what happens and it, it seems that that is the say and I'm happy for them because you know obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of energy around that stuff a lot of heated debate and like clearly that is engaging people a lot more than it is me and uh, and I'm happy that I'm happy that folks are getting that out of something you know uh, anyway I hope that answered those two listener questions Alec and Kevin Sig uh, do you guys have anything else you want to throw in or shall we move on to the really important news item let's keep moving Bumblebee Honey Hero Donut by PV Donuts, uh, Hasbro shared through Twitter an image of the Bumblebee Honey Hero Donut, and a Pinky Pie Sprinkle Surprise, created by Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island-based PV Donuts to celebrate Hascon, which will be held there this year. Uh, so I'm taking a look at the two donuts. Those look like, like some some fancy ass donuts. I don't know who PV Donuts is though. Do I? Do either of you know who PV Donuts I is? Never. No idea. Heard of. Them. Because if they're like voodoo donuts over in like Portland, then this seems like pretty friggin cool. If they're like some kind of like third tier Krispy Kreme, then I'm not sure. But this Bumblebee donut, I think, looks pretty good. Uh, Pinkie Pie donut looks like I'd like to have a bite, not the whole donut. That seems like a bit much, maybe. But uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about these donuts?
1: They look like donuts <laughs> that are way overdone oh come on man you don't like to have like a fancy pants
0: donut once in a while
1: like i'm i'm going through their twitter page and all of their donuts look like it's with fancy pants. Like, let's take this idea and turn it up to not just 11 but 12
0: yeah i mean you, you don't eat a box of these like you get one Three pebble say...
1: cereal donuts with that's Fruity a voodoo Pebbles donuts in. thing and and it looks like fruity pebbles in the dough and then sprinkled on the outside. That sounds friggin great. I'm just saying. Like, these are donuts. You buy
0: one. Maybe you even eat it with a knife and a fork. You know? Yeah. Like a honey donut that's fancy. I would try that. The Pinkie Pie one, I probably wouldn't. Um, all right, TJ, save me here. Like, Surely you've got some excitement for Fancy Pants Donuts. You know, I can't really argue because we have a we
2: have an amazing donut shop that's like literally two minute drive from here. Mm hmm. So like I, I've been spoiled as far as donuts. go. like nothing like this, no, no, no upscale donuts like this. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like this is it's fancy pants. It's high. It's high. It's <laughs> a third party
0: donut. It's not, it, wait, no, it's not third-party donuts. It's These are made the, by a person. It's going outside the box. It's really expensive. It looks like it. Hang on, what, by definition, what would a third-party donut be? Not Krispy Kreme. Who owns the it, it, IP of donut? Hmm. I'm posing that to the listeners, because I don't want to <laughs> think about this that long. Like, if someone told you they had a third-party donut, dear listeners, what would you think they had? Like, let us know in the thread. <laughs>
2: No, like okay, okay. The bumblebee one, okay. Like there's the the transformer loyalist in me would go, okay. I need to have one of those if available to me. The Pinkie Pie one looks like a Care Bear bled out on a donut.
0: Yeah, I, I like okay. That Fruity Pebbles one you're talking about, I think that's really cool. I think, and if you show me this Pinkie Pie one, I think there are two different things. The Pinkie Pie one, there's no control. You might say that's in character. I say there's a way to do the character that is not quite as. Over the top is this. This is a little bit much... Like, I don't I don't think this is... Uh, I think this is made for visual more than it is for taste. Whereas the Bumblebee one... Like, that even looks like a Honey Cruller. Like, that looks like you could get theme out of it, you know? In particular. Also, I'll stand up for breakfast cereal donuts... Because they have those at Voodoo Donuts... And those things were... Were ace. I think I had, like, a, a Cinnamon Toast Crunch donut or something. That was a good time. Anyway... Let us know what you think about donuts in the thread. Let us know. Let me let me know what you think about my co-host's opinions on donuts. I want to know about that. If you think I'm a little over the top about donuts, let me know too. I'll tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> uh, you want to know some donuts that actually aren't that good anymore? By the way,
1: Tim Hortons. What's that? Tim yeah, Hortons. They, didn't, they really? didn't seem quite as good. We, got, we bo- got a box of Tim Bits, and they were okay. Yeah, they got got
0: bought by a a Texan company and then spent the next few years losing their identity completely. There's a Krispy Kreme over on Roncesvalles. I went there. That donut was 100 times more exciting than anything I've had at Tim Hortons in years. And I was like, I thought Krispy Kreme was supposed to be. Is it a
1: Krispy Kreme factory? Yeah. they have like the machine that you walk in and they're like, oh, hi, the machine's running. Here's one right off the line. Okay, they didn't have the machine out because this was like a corner
0: Krispy Kreme.
1: Oh, Oh, but you know where I had
0: the best donuts, though? And Aaron, I need to take you to this place when you're in Toronto. It's called Fancy Franks. They do uh, like fancy hot dogs and poutines. But they also have uh, mini donuts that they make fresh for you on order. And so the one I had, they make make them by the half dozen on order, mini donuts. And the one I had, it was amazing. It was Nutella with biscotti crumble with crushed biscotti on it. And it was fresh, hot mini donut. It was so good. Also, I had a pretty good hot dog there the poutine was okay but it was a bit more like smokes poutine where it's less poutine and more pub food uh but that's that has nothing to do with tripticon and we're about to talk about tripticon uh we got debuted the sakamoto comics the web one and the pack in one for takara's release of titans tripticon uh dinosaurus or Dinosaur, or Dinosaur, or, those are all real. So in the prequel comic, we totally get to see more of Legend's uh, Nightbeat, who seems pretty darn scummy, uh, both in uh, her character and also in what she's trying to connect with with the audience. Uh, but then we also get to revisit beloved classic characters, to me at least, like Luna, the, the 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 pairing of Armada Thrust and Luna Club. Uh, and then they're working on Trypticon under the water. And then it, it proceeds into the pack-in comic, where it's basically... I saw this on Twitter, and I I really liked the way they put this. This is a theme in the Legends comics whenever they have a big release like this. All the idiots who live in the Legends-verse suddenly have to fight off a dead serious Transformers character, and it's always great. Um, The only other thing I want to throw out here before we get talking is in the pack-in comic, Sakamoto hits me right in the heartstrings where I like it, where he shows, like... Trypticon transforms into, like, a baby dinosaur mode that is straight up right out of Shin Godzilla. Uh, and it's basically, like, his spaceship mode's front end being used as the head, which is cool because there are eyes designed into the mm-hmm. front of that spaceship mode. And, and seeing this, I'm just like, this is fantastic. I love when Sakamoto, like, uses fan modes and then makes them legit. And this fan mode says Shin Godzilla to me. Uh, it says kamada which makes me just super happy uh so i love it i really love it um it looks like metroplex takes out uh Tripticon with some kind of projector there's a bunch of kanji before it, and i don't know what it says but uh yeah i, I kind of dig these comics um i mostly dig the shin godzilla thing in this one Aaron, how are you feeling about these comics or about like i don't know the japanese Tripticon?
1: uh it's another one of these comics with so that's night and like a armored bikini Yeah, Nightbeat is Evil Minerva. To jump in... Okay. I guess I must have missed that at some earlier comic, but all right. That was in
0: the God Bomber comic. Um, Evil Minerva, Nightbeat, uh, Luna Club, and Armada Thrust took over God Bomber. And then because Thrust and Luna Club are Combiner Wars figures, they turned into the legs because you know how he has those Combiner Wars ports on his legs? Okay. And then Minerva, or Evil Minerva, (laughs) Nightbeat... I must have missed that in my
1: God Bomber comic that I passed on. Okay. Sure.
0: <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> this is all compiled. I'm, this this I'm all needs shocked. to be compiled
1: in one place and show me where this fits in the alternative Timeline as well, and uh, we'll go I'm from there. I'm shocked!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been um, oh nuts! I know who it is, and now I can't remember, of course, because I always do this with Twitter names. Somebody is trying to compile all the fan translations of these into one Imgur account. Um... Ah, uh, Now I don't remember any of it and I don't have any URLs next to me, but that is an effort that's going on and I I wholeheartedly uh, hope that that continues because I want there to be a centralized location to read all these silly Sakamoto comics. Just so
1: that you can you can just sit there and kind of hold your head as you read it. Just like I wait, wait, what? I, well, in the Legends verse, it's not like Alternity. All right. It's it's just
0: it's a world where everyone got turned into Transformers, but they're otherwise all just real people with real jobs. Mm-hmm. And then actual Transformers keep showing up in this dimension and making things difficult. That's that's the mm-hmm. crux of it. Super simple. <laughs> so this isn't who I was trying to remember, but tetstoys.blogspot.com is doing translations of all these Legends comics and has a whole bunch of them there. The Trypticon comics are there. It dot T-E-T-S-T-O-Y-S.blogspot.com. That's where you can read some translated comics in a centralized location. Yay! Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about these comics?
2: <laughs> they are absurd. They're ridiculous. And I will admit, I kind of love them. Uh, God, no, I
0: I have to admit, like, I, I haven't seen like a fan translation of the new one, unfortunately. I haven't either. Um, I I don't know what the full story is. I, I can I can guess some stuff based on the translations of the, the previous, like the Tripticon prequel thing where they explained what uh, Full Tilt is uh in in a word the full till headmaster is trypticon's black box from which you can build new trypticon's all uh, right i recall that yeah
1: On the no, tfw are... link there there is a link to uh a translated set
0: oh someone translated
1: it i did not boop, see that doop,
0: doop boop well, I have that. to find that now oh uh, we got it in the chat work in yeah. progress but, uh... Oh, man. Okay, they use God Bomber's technology to make... <laughs> Shin Trypticon? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is good. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's friggin'... It's the... Yeah, Weird Wolf, who keeps wanting, wanting to do, like, real Decepticon stuff. And then Megatron, the leader of the Decepticon business company, is like, No, don't mess with my town. It was great. Uh... I'll have, to, I'll have to read this properly later. Yeah, I can see how this is a work in progress. Um, Yeah, I, I really wish that it was a lot more accessible to get at these comics. It feels like you kind of have to know where the imger links are. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think like there are synopses of these on the TF wiki. I don't think that carries the message quite as well as like actually reading the comic. Because uh, I don't know. There's something to it. Sakamoto has has a certain sense where the really cool things really hit you well in these comics, and the slightly maybe cringier things make you cringe even harder. And I think it's all part of the equation you need. You know, you need to feel it both ways.
1: Someone just needs to make the collected edition.
0: I would friggin' buy a trade of all these. Like, no joking. Especially if it was like a licensed one with a licensed translation. Like, I would legit i would do i would be into that um i should mention i read a little bit in the threads because people are getting their japanese tryptocons and it sounds like physically he's the same as the american ones uh there is a picture of his sticker sheet and i have no idea if that sticker sheet is different than ours i suppose either of you guys have your tryptocon sticker sheets like right next to you uh, <laughs> no i don't
2: within like
0: two feet all right like, like uh, i actually could <laughs> All right, we'll go get it. I'll fill for time. All right. Oh boy, what a sticker sheet! There are some stickers here that say stabilizer. Uh, yeah, and, I, I and... remembered
1: seeing the sticker sheet and just saying, "Wow, that I remember." I remember Metroplex. I I don't need more of that.
0: I only I I only did Fort Max so far. Uh, out of the two of those, At Metroplex, I just did the repro labels, and Fort Max, I kind of wish I just did the repro labels. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ, have you traveled the four feet total yet? Uh, yes, nope. I oh, have. Yeah. Oh, all right. No, no, no no, 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 no. I'm
2: good. I'm good. All right. <laughs> okay, this isn't as cut and dry as it seems. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> no, because um, the sticker count is the same, 136. Okay. Um, As far as I can tell, the stickers all match. But Takara has
0: a completely different arrangement on their sheet than Hasbro. So on Takara's sheet, those bold katakana things, they've organized the stickers by mode. So the top section is robot mode. Uh, The bottom section on the left is vehicle mode. Uh, Lower section is dino mode. And then over on the right, uh, there is a bunch of kanji stickers. And then there is catapult stickers and full tilt stickers. Okay, well, I'll tell you what it is. Hasbro
2: condensed their sheet as small as they could get it, whereas Takara looks like they left plenty of room for folding the sheet and getting the stickers off. Ah, mm-hmm.
0: and they also left enough well, room that, so and you that could...
1: Sort of, that sort of layout of like what motor you're going to put these on right. makes a bit more assembly sense than...
2: Well, well, yeah, that's uh, very, just well, how
1: you can crunch them in.
2: Yeah, it's user friendly. Hasbro's looking, you know, like Hasbro's like how how small of a sheet do we have to make? Like, how
0: many can, can we trim three cents off of each sticker sheet? Okay, do
1: it. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, it's good to know the stickers are basically identical then. And this image of the Japanese sheet surely will help someone in some way who's trying to figure out where to put some of the American version stickers. Because now you've got them, you know, organized on the sheets. You're like, hey, where do I put this like yellow safety line sticker? Oh, it's in the vehicle mode section. OK, so it must be for the spaceship mode. Uh, that's cool. All right. All right. Question answered. This podcast now has a legitimate reason to exist. Well done, everyone. we were actually informative. <laughs> We've achieved something. I'm not even going to look Yay. in the thread to see if someone else already did this work for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else about uh, the Japanese release of Triptychon you guys wanted to cover? Anyone thankfully didn't put the pre-order in because he seems to be identical. Uh huh. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, we've got another listener question then from Iron Prime three zero eight nine. Who says, "Hey, podcast crew." Actually, wait. I had I had a reason. I put these at the end. I wanted you guys to read these ones because I always read every listener question. So, Aaron, I wanted you to read this one.
1: Yeah, I kind of read ahead.
0: All right. Well, wait, wait, go, you gotta be
1: like that, man. Go right ahead. Uh. <clears throat> so my question uh, is about the increasing popularity of build a build of figure. Oh, you probably want me to read the whole thing, don't you? I, I meant for you to read the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listener question from Iron Prime thirty eighty nine. Uh, hey Podcast Crew, if this is being read during such a time that a particular individual who has been spreading the falsehood of the legitimately of so called helicopters around, well, I'm not going to say anything. I will just continue to shake my head. Like, man, have you looked outside, man? I mean helicopters wait, I are mean,
0: anywhere. wait no they aren't
1: yes, Like they even are. if
0: even if they are real they aren't literally like you look out the window and you see like 10 helicopters just flying by
1: <laughs> yeah you've heard of the black helicopters the stealth helicopters is this some kind of paranoid mm-hmm. hypochondriac thing you're trying to set off here I'm... <laughs> no I'm, I'm just saying if if you haven't seen them maybe you need to be paying more attention uh, oh, my man. question is about the increasing popularity of bill of figures I assume build of figures Yeah. Uh, do you think Hasbro will ever take this up for their mainline Transformers? We have heard of figures and such in the past, such as TF Prime Breakdown, who don't fit in any specific size class, so maybe a Collect and Connect style figure is the workaround. Sorry for the long question. Keep doing what you do, helicopters or not. You have all helped me through some rough times, and I appreciate it. Cheers. Click. So, um, we're two we're parts glad to question. have been here for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um actually I, I should say I've been getting that feedback um in a couple of places in the last few months. And uh I'm really happy that the podcast is
1: for people. What the hell?
0: I'm happy the podcast is serving any kind of positive purpose still. Um <laughs> especially if you need if you just need something to listen to. I'm I'm glad you are, and I'm glad it's not too infuriating. And uh and especially if, if you're if you're cool with it you, you get that we are we're just doing our thing. I double appreciate it. Uh so thank you all for listening so much. Um I wanted to quickly cover the thing about like a figure that doesn't fit into a, pro- a price point like breakdown being a Collect and Connect figure. The only reason that doesn't work in my head is because Collect and Connect figures kind of work because the part that's packed in has like it's a forearm, a hand and an upper arm. So it's not like a a transforming limb. It's just mm. a limb. Whereas with a transformer, the way that they break apart, I think it works. It would it would be a little more complicated to figure that kind of thing out. There's there's instances where I can think of it working. I mean, a figure like, designed for it obviously would.
1: Well, well, obviously. Well, and we also had um, Transmutate.
0: Yeah, oh, I was like, going to say too had, that yeah,
1: yeah,
2: we've had so we've had one build of figures. Not it wasn't a very articulate Transmutate, but it mm-hmm. it exists. No, yeah. in my, in my head, I'm thinking like. You know that that could be like a collector incentive for things that wouldn't otherwise sell, which is what a lot of build a figures uh-huh. end up being. Um, the thought in my head was like, uh, like the Alicons from the movie, where the the bulk of what you're constructing as far as engineering is the croc mode head flips out of the torso, and then it could be as simple as well, you know the you know
0: the arms and legs compress into the gator legs. I was actually thinking um, if it's a build a figure, that might mean it doesn't have to transform like that might put it out like the the act of putting it together might be enough to satisfy the has to convert thing for official transformers made by Hasbro. So what if that's a place you could put maybe a robot mode only figure, like maybe members of the DJD, you know, if you want to do mm -hmm. them in a main line, Mm -hmm. not figure out how they transform, just do the robot mode. That could be a way.
2: Well, I can I can think of a lot of characters that that would end up working for, you know, you know, off the top off the top of my head, uh, a quintesson Yeah, an actual just straight up quintesson like it doesn't have to transform. You're putting it together. It's a bonus. Hey, uh, I R- think really going anyone problem, from you, that planet. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Alicons. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that's a huge variety. Y- you can pull from other things, you know, there's, you know, other, there's plenty of characters in the G1 cartoon. You know, you got your Autobot X and your Devcon, and oh yeah, yeah, bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that would sell for collectors. But generally, I think the issue with Transformers is the waves come out so fast that sometimes get like sometimes it, 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 you would have to have a completely
0: different style of Transformer release in order to have something like that. Well, it would have to be a figure per wave if it was following the Marvel um, pl- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Template style template. Uh, yeah, and and certainly Dartmouth. it would it would suck to have a build a figure across a line because like some like you know in North America especially, uh, well not especially in North America as well Europe especially there are entire waves that don't necessarily come out, and like that mm-hmm. would suck if like this 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 character's left leg <laughs> is not available ever in Europe.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, and that was always part of Hasbro's concern with just releasing combiners, period of mm -hmm. just like, okay, what happens when something is, you know, eight eights in a case, but we only end up with like, you know, six and two repeats. Now you end up with weird extra arms and legs in places, right?
0: I was actually going to say, technically, Combiner Wars was full of Build-A-Figures. Because every wave Uh was building a combiner. Mm -hmm. It's actually not even meant to really be... It's kind of meant to be like I'm saying this with a stupid grin on my face, but it is meant to be a real point, too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think Build-A-Figures is just... uh, I think we've covered this before a long time ago, and I, I remember one of the things we were thinking is that the fact that transformers don't all follow necessarily a a, a construction template makes the build a figure thing di- more difficult for them as well, um, which I think doing non-transforming figures would set would would solve, definitely. But as far as doing like an mm-hmm. actual transforming build a figure, in Marvel Legends, for the most part, like everyone uses the same assortment of base bucks off which they're designed and uh and that's not necessarily the case for transformers like certainly there are base designs that get used commonly but it's not across the entire line unless you're looking at like you know the one-time occurrence of combiner wars i guess and you know, then coming back to that again um
2: i just realized the one instance where you could get away with it is if the build a figure was marketed as an action master oh man mm-hmm. yeah it's
0: still like mainframe <laughs> Action Master Mainframe. Uh, it's actually worth mentioning. I think we brought this up earlier again. I can't remember anymore. But uh, Iron Factory are doing their version of the Seekers and the Coneheads. And they actually are doing the Build-A-Figure approach in those. Um, right. Star Starscream comes with the torso of Ghost Starscream. And Skywarp and Thundercracker come with the limbs. They also come with the limbs for Sunstorm. The torso for Sunstorm will come packed in with a three-pack of the Coneheads. So... I remember like I I actually kind of enjoyed that a little bit because it was like a very straightforward and like it was it was a build a figure based on the very common fact that a ton of transformers fans do habitually tend to buy every single seeker. Uh right. but yeah, that's that's happening on the unofficial level at least. Um we got one more question here. Uh hope that answered your question Iron Prime 3089. I hope you're having a better time too. Um this is a super fast one from Spiderus Prime. Uh, and TJ, I was wondering if you could read this one. Oh, I can give it a
2: shot. All right. So listener question from Spiderus Prime. Hi, Angelus and crew. Spiderus Prime here. Since I am going to replace Microsoft Movie Maker to Magic's Vegas Pro for a better idea, my question is, do you ever thought replace editing software program? I hope to hear from you back and keep up of making more podcasts and video reviews, too.
0: So I actually... This is how much I didn't keep up with Vegas. Uh, Yeah, you can try to stop me. I'm going to say it anyway, my real thoughts. Um, I kept calling it Sony Vegas. I didn't... I I found out only somewhat recently this year that it's now called Magic's Vegas or whatever. Like, it's not called Sony Vegas necessarily. Um, But I was just going to say, as a real quick answer... The only time you ever really need to replace editing software is when all you have is Microsoft Movie Maker. That is probably the only actual garbage editing software on the market now uh, that you should get away from. Everything else you can probably use fine. Um, But as for whether I've ever thought of replacing editing software, I have many times. Uh, In fact, I'm in the midst of trying to not replace actually, but learn more software. And I think that that's kind of a better way to put it, you should, if you really want to do a lot of editing and you want to start working in editing, you should just know as much software as you can. Like, find one you're comfortable with, but don't be shy about learning other ones, too. Um, replacing software that kind of sucks is what I did when iMovie changed to be less like Final Cut 7, and I got Final Cut 7. Um, and, you know, things are things are different now. Um, Aaron, what, do you, what did you, did you ever even edit your LEGO live streams?
1: Nope. They were live streamed, right. and then they got kicked straight to YouTube.
0: So you never even had to replace any software.
1: Nope.
0: All right. Well, TJ, um, did you ever start on one software and then and really just want to ditch it? Oh, uh, yeah. I started on Movie Maker.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. So you 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 had a good reason to ditch it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I worked through. I want to say Premiere Elements 7. And then I've been using 10 for far longer than I really should. Uh, Coming up soon in what we got this week, you'll know that you'll learn why I am currently considering and very heavily looking into replacing my current editing software. As as far as the, the Elements version of the program is serving well, but I'm starting to want to do things that it's not quite, capable of or the very least not an in to an intuitive degree so i am definitely i'm definitely in that mood to see what see what else is out there and see what else uh see what else i can get into
0: i'm still working in final cut 7 on my youtube stuff because i'm comfortable there and that's a problem because uh, final cut 7 is no longer supported and so i'm very much trying to make myself for my own personal projects move on to adobe uh premiere um, I have an old copy of Premiere, but I, I'm actually I kind of just want to get Creative Cloud, just be done with it, and just move into the new thing and make yeah. myself go there. I think if I spend the money on a subscription, that's going to make me want to use it. Yeah. Um, like the Creative Cloud, I I learn how just there's some villainy
2: to how that is arranged. Oh yes, like, there is. It's like okay, well, okay, oh, you just want that one program? Okay, that's twenty bucks a month. It's not so much, but hey, hey, hey. You're getting Premiere, but you're not getting After Effects. What are you crazy? It's like it's another twenty. It's just uh, forty bucks a month. You, you'll come. Come on, come on, come on. Your water bill's more than that. Come on, you can do that. Oh, you okay? So you got those two. Look, we got eight others.
0: Just for you, I'll let you in for ten dollars (laughs) more. All of it. All of it. Yeah, I'm also like I'm going into the Creative Cloud thing. Not a not a proponent of the Creative Cloud thing. (laughs) Well, uh, it, and I'm it's... also I'm also hoping to to get into Cut X at around like that case. I'm 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 uh, gonna get a, a copy to play with now from someone I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have to. What I have to do is just make myself use it all. This is all more for like this is like semi professional reasons more so than like just for doing stuff on YouTube though. Um, if you're just making this yourself, like you should, you should just use what you're comfortable with. And in most cases, the only time that there's a definite no on that it is called Microsoft Movie Maker because that software is garbage. Uh, All other editing software is valid compared to Microsoft Movie Maker. Uh, And and I felt very good. I I agree with me. People agree with me who do the same type of thing when I was on a panel recently. We all threw it out there and it's like, yeah, everyone seems just hates Movie Maker and has nothing bad to say about anything else. And that's great. (laughs) Software loyalty is not very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Software is not going to reward you for being loyal to it. Software is a tool, so treat it like a tool. Have more than one tool. Uh, TJ, is there anything else you want to throw in, or shall we just move in towards the direction of you eventually talk about uh, your
2: uh,
0: <laughs> step forward? Uh,
2: just the general advice. Uh, you, know, you are right. Is that, You know, they are tree-like tool tools. Like, there's a reason why it is called a toolbox because you typically have a lot of tools at your disposal. So, you know, don't don't ever replace, just add to.
0: Yeah. And I'll throw in one more uh-huh. thing that I said at this panel I was on. Never in your life are you going to meet someone who sees something that you made, thinks it's cool, and then goes like, ah, okay, uh, what's off?" And then make it in. And then they go answer, and then they go, oh, well, now I hate it. Friggin' you made this in, in <laughs> Vegas, scumbag. You know, like there's <laughs> no one will ever. If you ever meet someone who poo-poos your choice of editing software, aside from Microsoft Movie Maker, uh, their opinion is not really that important. And if they're poo-pooing Microsoft Movie Maker, they are hopefully doing it in a, in a way that's helpful, you know, telling you that you should get away from that thing. That thing is is abusing you. Stop letting it hit you. You know, you got to get it back. Delete it. It sucks. Um, what we got this week doesn't suck. That's what we're going to do now. Uh, Aaron, uh, on the recording, did you actually get any Transformer stuff this week?
1: I did not get any Transformer stuff this week.
0: Yeah, you were somewhere else
1: yeah we were was. doing fancy pants stuff i was uh, kicking i was kicking robots
0: you were over at the gen con i was i have a question i'm i am almost you that i asked you this at least one other year why is it okay. called gen con
1: because it was originally in geneva with uh wisconsin oh so it was geneva convention and actually, yes. so the the really neat, the really neat thing is this year, Gen Con um, expanded out into Lucas Oil Stadium, which is the home of the Colt, the Indianapolis Colts. And you could actually part of the convention was out on like you went through some of the back areas of the stadium to come out the tunnel that the football players come out to, oh, cool. to like play football, and they had the field covered. And in the middle of the field, they had a museum set up that was like the footprint of Horticulture Hall, which is where Gen Con one was. And they had like a museum of various stuff, including a bunch of stuff from Gary Gygax, who was one of the founders of Gen Con. Also, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the guys that made D&D and TSR and all of that fun stuff. And so they kind of had a like 50 years of Gen Con museum thing out on the field of a football stadium
0: that is cool and
1: everything everything was pretty filled out it never seemed like it was a crush in there um but it was definitely the most people that i've seen there before
0: i'm gonna well i'm gonna uh i'm gonna still do a hot potato approach to this what we got this week it's just that aaron when i bounce to you just tell me things about gen con um (laughs) As for myself, I I got one official Transformer that's fully on topic that I should mention. I went to Dufferin Walmart, and I found me a leader-sized Titans Return Overlord. So now I got Overlord. I resent Uh, you. Yeah, it seems like Overlord is being troublesome to get in a lot of... Well, no, Mm -hmm. never mind. If you live on the outskirts of Toronto and all the surrounding towns, it seems like over everywhere. Going up everywhere. But but (laughs) other than that, uh, this dude's pretty good. I uh, I like him. Um it seems like the prevailing opinion amongst people who got Sky Shadow months ago and then Overlord now is they like Sky Shadow more. Um at least in, in my glancing around Twitter and stuff. I like Overlord more. And I don't say that to take anything away from Sky Shadow. I think Sky Shadow is amazing. And I think I might have liked Sky Shadow more if he came out second. Uh but coming out first just made Sky Shadow feel like why is this not Overlord? Why don't I like why don't I have Overlord yet? Um really good retool though. Overlord though just hits it all he he is he's like everything i want from g1 overlord with none of the baggage uh the transformation is super fast but satisfying uh he looks boring but overlord looks boring so it works Mm -hmm. he's got a particular boring that i like uh the colors are amazing and they even did some paintwork on the titan master head which i somehow had missed this whole time uh uh cool uh also those chest flaps and like you know you can put faces whole faces those chest uh those chest flaps also let you connect the tank mode to um not um not connect so much that those can have gro- those have grooves that they can pinch onto on either side of the tank mode to carry it uh it doesn't lock together but that functionality is still there which i was happy to see um and i really like that the cross cell now is nemesis command which is Tryptocon in the middle and then Sky Shadow and Overlord's base modes on either side, so it's still symmetrical. I think that looks really sharp. I haven't tried it myself yet because I haven't set up the room. But uh, Overlord's good. Um, I thought Sky Shadow was good. I think that that tooling is the best leader toy of the line. Um, it's it it does everything it's supposed to, and the robot mode is a lot easier to play with, I think, and pose than six uh, six shot. So uh, yeah. Hey, in case anyone out there was on the fence about Overlord. <laughs> not it's not idw overlord by the way it is absolutely not really uh, i'm really happy with overlord um tj going over to you did you get any transformers this week uh uh just the one what's the one you got uh the one was the primitive optimus prime exclusive Ooh, skateboard prime Mm -hmm. all right uh i'm i'm thinking of trying to get a hold of one of those at fan expo next week uh, in town Um, that thing looks really cool. And that whole, like, soldier can skate up with the skateboard thing makes me real tempted. How is it? Uh, well, I, I do really like it. Um, it,
2: it does help that because I have Ultra Magnus and Jinrai, I technically skipped this mold completely. In a weird way. So, so I do get a little, I do get a little bit of new experience out of it. Um, the one thing about it when you get it in person is the photos just, shows like black and gold like you'd expect for a san diego comic-con that's a little bit deceiving because mm-hmm. the the plastic is actually like a really dark chocolate brown Ooh, yeah and then uh the gold doesn't have quite the metallic tone you would expect it's a little bit dull now it still looks fantastic it's like it's, oh yeah the, the
0: contrast is there right oh yeah
2: like, it looks brilliant. This is like under heavy light. It's going to look, a. it's going to look different than you expect. But, uh, toy itself is really good. Um, I'm happy to say everything feels nice and solid. So like, even you're know, like, you're not going to get like, you know, like third, fourth run molds out of, uh, out of some that's a uh, up, up charge exclusive. Um, uh, I, i thought the neat thing about it was the fact that you have those extra, extra accessories because those work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something about it where I really didn't buy the base mode for prime until I saw a skateboard rail stuck to the front of it. That's what it needs. That's what it, no, that was a
0: place to do some sick grinds.
2: That was it. No, um, I actually got to looking at it like, and I did end up showing this uh, over on t- Twitter. So just for reference, it uh, turns out if you turn the tire base mode around and then just, put the panels to the ground, it makes a way better skate park than they intended. Holy crap. Yeah, it looks great. Like, just it's it's so, it's one of those things where it's like, how did you miss that? Just turn it.
0: Yeah. That's it. Well, you can get, you can get like, it's it's kind of backwards, but you get the primitive logo, you know, kind of front facing. mm -hmm. No. So like that
2: works way better for me than his standard base mode. Which is weird for me. Um, The extra parts themselves are... mm, They're not the best made, unfortunately. Uh, Because the way it combines together in railgun mode, everything is parallel, but it's like a sideways tab in order to peg it in. So it's a little bit of part flexing to -hmm. the point where I'm kind of worried about it like permanently bending if I leave it that way too long. And when you go into... When you go to start taking it back apart to... Go back into the ramp and rail mode. Uh, there's one piece that's literally just kind of pegged in that holds the assembly together in the middle. So that part that part can come can come apart on you pretty easily. Um, outside of that, they're fun accessories to have. Uh, the skateboard fits and like clamps onto the rail nice and tight, so you can do poses with it. There's a lot of little tabs on the on the ramps, so you mm-hmm. can have it grinding across uh, the edge of the ramp. Like there's so little things you can do with it that make it really neat, you know, and just besides that it's it's still like it's still a really good prime toy you know if you, if you got it at retail it's only five bucks more for
0: what amounts to some pretty good accessories yeah i'm I'm hemming and hawing on it the price at fan Expo it's a bit more of a markup uh but it it also is not being taxed so i'm not sure yet mm-hmm. but I'm very tempted that's excellent um all right aaron coming back to you um hey tell me about just you know give me a story about kicking robots what were you playing in which you were kicking robots
1: um was doing the lego robo rally thing again so it's the Mm -hmm. board game robo rally but made in giant lego mindstorms version however i do have a fun story about a different purchase at gin con oh tell me about that i ended up um so i bought uh bears versus babies All right. Which is the new game from the same guy that did Exploding Kittens. I think I know who wins in that fight. (laughs) So, um, at their, um, booth, uh, they had, um, I'm trying to find a video for it. Um, they had a vending machine that was, uh, uh, like a a tall, well, vending machine-looking thing that had wooden buttons on the front of it for the different items that you could purchase. Um, there's a image. I'm imagining here, like a vending maybe? machine
0: from the Flintstones.
1: Yeah, it it kind of is. It was big and furry, and um. It was interesting here. Let me uh powered by uh, a, a snarky dinosaur. Address. Yeah, it's a little thing. Um, no, there's no there's no uh dinosaur <laughs> snark in it, but oh. Um but it was powered by people on the inside. Um Wait, is that legal? And <laughs> what powered by I I would assume so they were they were doing it. So What if you hit, if you one hit the button of the buttons, really hard? One of it there's not a whole lot of throw to it. One of the buttons yeah. says random item so i uh I push the bears versus babies and then the expansion that they have, and then random item and then that it's uh for those of you listening at home it's a it's a big wall thing that has a clear screen on it. There were people on the inside that had like different things on a written on a piece of paper on a stick. They would hold it up in front of that so I push those items, and then a stick comes up that says calculating, and then another stick comes up that has $41, and a hand comes out of the thing. I put my credit card in the hand, and it goes in, and it comes out with a a phone with the square thing on it, and my card sticking in that, and the other hand making, like, swooping motions, so I sign, and it goes in. (laughs) And then another stick comes up as uh, finding the best item or something like that and then the vending flap opens at the bottom of it and out comes the game, out comes the expansion, then out comes a wooden dowel. I start grabbing the dowel until it comes all the way out and it's a plunger. I was like, okay, toilet plunger, alright. Alfie wanted a plush so one of the plushes that they have is a taco cat. If you've played... Uh, exploding kittens taco cat is one of the things it's it's like i'm a palindrome or something on it and so then she also did random items so she got the taco cat plush and a package of taco cat seasoning oh man (laughs) um i saw the the person before me got a bundle of asparagus um i saw somebody else get a potato out of it so it was random and like they went to the grocery store and a dollar item store and uh, just said, "Hey, what can I get for, for cheap?" But so then, as I'm walking around the convention, I have a plunger that I'm just not going to abandon someplace, you know. And somebody stops me and says, "I have to ask, what's with the plunger? Is this some new nerd thing that I don't know about, or, or, or what's going on?" And I explain the the booth thing. He's like, "Okay, because you're, I've seen." Like five or six people, I'm not even kidding, walking around with a plunger, and I was afraid I was behind on some meme or something. I was like, no, it's it's a thing that just kind of ended up happening, I guess. So You should have just
0: been like, I am a meme. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was is a fun Gin Con story. There you go.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I think you should have said you're a meme and then offered to take a selfie with him uh, and tell him, like, you got to draw a hashtag on a big piece of paper and take a selfie with me and put the put the piece of paper on top of my plunger. And it'll make sense when you get on Twitter later. Just set him up, set him up for the disappointment. Yeah. Um. Well, I got uh, I got another thing that I can talk about that's somewhat on topic, Um. which came in today. Uh. We were talking about this, Aaron, I think during our, our panel thing. Uh, I got one of those things I meant to pick up at TFCon, but I didn't. Uh, so I got that Moss Toys Skiff. Um, it's this company's first release. It's a Cybertronian mm-hmm. Bumblebee, uh, of which mm-hmm. they've done a couple exclusives. Um, and so I've, I've finally got to actually like have some time messing with the figure. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward figure. Um, it's, a, it's a hefty size, you know, kind of like a, a plump, del- uh, not plump, it's deluxe-ish. Kind of, like, kind of like a plump mini-bot who ends up feeling kind of deluxe-ish in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly straightforward transformation with a lot of hinges uh, in the backpack so that it kind of closes up a bit tightly. Um, if I had one real big critique, it's that uh, I really was waiting for something. There are a lot of things tabbed together for vehicle mode, very little tabs together for robot mode. Because um, it's all kind of just mm-hmm. there. And, and I was kind of waiting for the backpack to solidly tab in. And I was waiting for those things on his forearms to just tab in. Um, instead they're, they're on tight enough joints, but I, I prefer it when stuff kind of locks together like that. Um uh, but it's a solid, solid little piece. Um, certainly like that conversation we were just having about stuff, not fitting in, you know, with like, uh, an overt aesthetic. This is certainly kind of doing its own thing. And, uh, it, it's kind of classic C, um, I dig it. Like, I think it's a cool idea. I think that a lot of the, the designs they showed in their slideshow presentation at TFCon uh, of upcoming figures they want to make look uh, much more interesting as far as the vehicle modes. This is definitely like that G1 uh, episode one Bumblebee where he's sort of like a floating like plankton thing. Um, I'm way more into the more compact space car designs they were showing for their other characters. Um, but as far as like a first attempt, it seems fine. Uh, I just I would say like I would like to see more locking tabs for things in robot mode. Um, But that's about it. Uh, I got one other thing, but I'm going to I'm going to hold on to that till we come back around to me. Um, TJ, uh, what's another thing that you got this week? Um, Well, just for the sake of
2: delaying the inevitable, uh, I did get a big stash of stuff, but really the only thing poignant to talk about for now is going to be the Four Inch Nell
0: Mega Man Legends. Oh yeah, I was wondering about when you were gonna get a hold of that because yeah. you're like you're like one of the three people I know who actually has been picking up 4-inch-en-all. Well, begrudgingly. Yeah,
2: I I got I got their Mega Man exe because it's the only like decent sized figure of the character that's like articulated, and I was really let down by some of the engineering, and. I ended up picking up this the classic Mega Man just because I found it at a con for under retail when does that happen Uh I miss the X my favorite Mega Man strangely enough which <laughs> is now harder which is now hard to actually track down that'll be pleasant down the line No but I'm a huge fan of Mega Man Legends so like more properly I should say Mega Man Volnut getting a figure is something of an astonishing thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm one of those that's still burned by the whole mega the whole Legends three fiasco. So this is a little. You know, it's nice to see that someone actually did give him a little bit of a
0: treatment. I figure it's like if you actually get the Mega Man or the Rock Man, I guess, license. It's like at this point, do everyone you can think of. Well, I, you were th- I was thinking that like Bandai got the
2: license and they did okay figure arts of all of the like the primary x cast Mm -hmm. um but you know they go into the classic cast and they do two figures which was kind of a letdown um and yeah they didn't go any further you know like i would have loved a figure arts of this this particular mega man yeah um i am happy to say that you know i don't know how x came out Uh, I'm happy to say at least, you know, so maybe it might've taken four tries, but they made a good Mega Man
0: figure. Oh, so he's, he's, uh, does he solve any of the neck problems you had? Uh, the neck is a lot straighter on this one. It still does a weird like forward
2: angle thing, but it can be corrected on this one. And he does have like a left and right kind of head motion that you can make sense out of. Yeah. Which is a huge step up from the other ones. Um, his buster arm swaps on no problem on mine. Uh, all the, like this, all those little sentinel tricks, of uh, like fake elbow components and fake knee components. So there's no gaps when you're bending knees and elbows and it's, everything still looks smooth. That all works really well. Like, and all the joints feel good. So like, maybe I just got like super lucky. Like, maybe it took four tries for me to get one that came out okay. But uh, everything was really nice on this figure. Like, I have no issue with it.
0: and it Oh, I'm glad. It, yeah. Like, I, I want 4-inch and all stuff to turn out well, because I like that company. And it just boned me out that, like, I was seeing, like, just a general tone of dissatisfaction with the Mega Man stuff. So Yeah, I, as something about what
2: Sentinel wants to do engineering-wise does not mesh with that size which is really mm. it's un, it's un, it's unfortunate but it seems like they're starting to hit a sweet spot you know just in time to get all the popular mega man's out
0: yeah <laughs> now they got to do they they got to do up like zero and vile you know hit those uh, real like boba fett numbers yeah well they announced the
2: star force mega man next cuz you got to get all the blue ones out and that's yeah. another that's another mega man that hasn't had a proper figure yet I'm like I'm still waiting for the company that just goes, you you know, what? screw it, we're going to start doing robot masters. It's like yeah,
0: that's just wait that's into that. That's what's lost me on a lot of Mega Man toy projects recently. Uh, I was I'm way into them, but then I never ended up buying a whole lot of them because I was kind of sitting there going like, I'll just it's it was like the thing with Street Fighter toy lines and how it's like I just don't want I don't want Ryu in a white gi, you know, you yeah. know. Like, even if it's a brand new line, I like everything else going on. Like, the last figure I'm going to ever pick up is going to be Ryu in a white gi. You know, like, player one Ryu. Right. Because I'm just tired of it. And with Mega Man, it's kind of like, I love a lot of Mega Man designs. But it's like, I'm not going to get excited until I see, like, you know, Mavericks and Robot Masters. Yeah.
2: It's like, I'm never going to get that Storm Eagle I've wanted since I was a kid. Yeah. you, know, you can get awesome designs that get. Absolutely no love. Now Sentinel did do a Cut Man, which is about as vanilla of a robot master as you could pick because it's the only one anyone ever picks. Because he's head swap
0: Mega Man. Okay, yes, yeah, pretty much for the mo- for the most part. Anyway,
2: yeah, but they but they went and produced him with a two pack with like the Super Mega Man that was like six games after Cut Man was around. So it's a two pack yeah. that
0: makes no sense, and it was limited run, so it was stupid expensive. That's what it was off screen. You see, when Cutman tried to, he was resurrected and he came back for Mega Man Six, but then was quickly blown up before the game started.
2: He actually super
0: powered Mega Man. He actually came back in Mega Man Eight. Except oh, that was a second comeback,
2: <laughs> they did this weird thing where if like you beat, if you if you went through a stage at a certain time or like in a certain way, like the old eight bit. Cutman was the boss of the level instead of the actual boss. Woodman was in there too, right? Yeah, I think Woodman was the other one. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. Uh, but no, long story short, he uh, came out really good. So Legends fans actually have a
0: little bit of merch for once. Excellent. I mean, if that thing picks up, like if they hit on, you know, Tron Bon, I think Tron oh. Bon and the Servos mm. could be money
2: just yeah just tron like god you you could do any legends character and just like throw in a whole bunch of serve bots
0: yeah serve bots on servos i'm screwing it all up well they um, did
2: well, uh, they did that with like the uh the 66 action
0: one that came with a little serve bot yeah i keep forgetting that was a, that was a whole 66 action wave that was like the last 66 action wave that's still pretty recent yeah, but yeah. They, they haven't done one since. They moved on to Shodo, which I'm happy about because Shodo is kicking ass. Um, All right, well, uh, Aaron, have you got another hey. Gen Con story you want to share?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think. Or uh, if the thing had you any got, other... did,
0: did you get anything else cool at Gen Con?
1: Um, so I got Bears vs. Babies, I got Century Golem Edition, which is the same as Century Spice Red, the game that we played at Snakes and Lattes. But yes. themed differently Instead of being spices It's soul crystals And you're not completing trade routes You're getting golems But otherwise mm. it's the same
0: I preferred um, when I was yelling for spices Because I found that kind of fun
1: <laughs> uh, But beyond that not really um, Geek t-shirts um, Yeah Alright head cold.
0: I mean, that's got to be fun. <laughs> Except
1: when it's not. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, I got one other transforming thing I can talk about. Cause this also came in today. Uh, this is actually a make toys piece after we talked about make toys so much. This is the most recent cross dimension figure. The third design in the line. Uh, they did the black version first. Um, but it seems like they still are intending to do the Optimus prime colored version. This is thunder Erebus. Which is their Power Master Optimus Prime take. Um. I kinda like this guy a lot. He's hefty, and he's roughly the same size-ish as the leader Power Master Prime from Titan's Return. So he's not Masterpiece at all. He's uh just filling in a certain size. He's like, you know, eight, ten inches, whatever tall. I am really bad at eyeballing inches past four. Um. And uh the thing about him I'm really digging is. Is the cab robot is way posable and also tiny. It's like a three-inch tall robot. Uh, and he's pretty darn posable, and like that's scratching a very certain itch for me that I enjoy. Also, the fully combined, like larger figure. Um a lot of his upper body joints are just friction joints, but then like check this out waist joint, then like hips, and then knees, then ankles. Like, the ankles being ratcheted tells me that this guy... That and some, you know, really conspicuous tabs and slots in his body... Uh, tells me this guy is all ready to, like, have a god bomber attached to him... And then actually have the ankle tension to handle it, unlike Super Jinrai. Um, so it's it's confidence building. Uh, I also like the transformation. It's kind of neat. Um, cross Dimension is the line that I really hope actually has a future past this, this design... Because it represents a whole lot of what I want third-party stuff to be, and it seems like its Steam is dwindling, and I hope that it keeps it keeps going because it's it's fantastic stuff. Uh, certainly, aesthetically, very much in one place, but as far as the delivery, it's uh, it's total aces. Uh, I really dig it. That uh, About does it for my transforming stuff this week. So uh, TJ, I think it's time we like open the Pandora's box here. Tell me, tell me about the big thing. Okay, so uh,
2: you know, uh me and MasterCard had a talk, yeah, and you are like, and, "I'm tired
0: of you, yeah,
2: right? we say so, you know we've we've had a good <laughs> relationship <too> nice. <laughs>
0: uh
2: we we've had a good relationship, you know I, I try not to take advantage of you. it's been very uh mutually agreeable. I'm gonna punch you in the face really hard right now, and your just... friendship, so I've upgraded my filming equipment. Which is Mm -hmm. to say, uh, I've gone from a dinky little three hundred dollar Canon that got up to ten eighty, kinda. Now I am a proud owner of a Panasonic HCX one thousand, which is a four K sixty
0: fps, you know, professional level camcorder camcorder being the the operative word here i wanted to highlight because it's not a dslr so you can still record panels and not have to do stupid (laughs) extra work
2: i actually i actually like reading up on the specs of it like i i got i actually got really excited for stuff like that for silly reasons like because all the tech guys at conventions know me because i'm always mooching off of their power strips Mm -hmm. because the Every every camcorder I've ever known er, or ever owned tops out at like just over an hour on the battery. Like that's kind of garbage. Uh, what really pulled me to this one six and a half hour battery life during recording. Hey. It was like I might not even need extension cables anymore. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, and that's at, like full like full power recording mode. That's what really amazed me so yeah like i it's it's the level of camcorder i never really expected to have because it retails three thousand dollars i did not pay that i got super lucky on a completely unused but still has to call it used because it's opened one Mm -hmm. it's like a mandarake camcorder
0: yeah, I mean, except not Mandaraki, because that'd be a lot of shipping yeah, to pay I mean, yeah. for something you could get in the States. Mm. But
2: no, this thing is ludicrous, because everything on it is manual. There's no, like, autos idiot set. Well, there's auto switches that you can do if you just want to record quick, but there's no, like, pre-programmed, oh, it's a sporting event, so you want this setting. Oh, it's uh, you're filming fireworks, so switch to this. No, yes. this is... This is all manual, the white, you know, white balance, focus, gain, iris, everything is manual control. Welcome
0: I, to a wonderful new world. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> Welcome to ne- to being permanently frustrated whenever you take a, a, a picture with your phone from now on. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, no, I've already been there. Welcome <laughs> to buying software for your phone so you can adjust <laughs> stuff after the fact. I do. I being do. permanently I... frustrated with trying to record <laughs> videos on your phone because that software doesn't work for video. Anyway. You have issues? Do you, do you need to talk? Or... I want software that lets me set the ISO on on recording video on my phone and, and locks it. That's all I want. And I'm having a lot of trouble finding it, and then I get fed up and don't want to do any more Googling. I just want to know how to record nicer video on my phone For when I do want to record video on my phone Right Like I can fix it in post I've done it But it's annoying so Turn
1: all the settings all the way up and hope for the best
0: There are no settings when you record video That's a problem On your phone? Yeah, yeah there are Where?
1: Like four menus deep Because I had to do that So um, Lego said that they would be interested in a film about what we do for lego robo rally so we actually set up a lego remote control car as a camera car to put a phone into and so you have an iphone it's like settings general um general no okay i was about to start trying to remember where it was well,
0: it's got to be under Photo, photos
1: and camera. no Yep. I remember finding it. Because I
0: mean there's things in here to like, you know, do you record video at ten eighty or not?
1: But so, do, 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 do. But that's it. See, now I'm really gonna have to look for it.
0: All right. We gotta sort this out later. <laughs> this is taking too long. Photos and camera. Um oh. anyway, TJ, that's awesome news about the
2: camera. Yeah. I'll tell you th- I'll tell you my record yeah, that does involve a cell phone. I can operate my camcorder from the phone. That's cool. Yeah, like it has it, like uh, Panasonic has an app that will actually let you Wi-Fi connect to the camcorder and it will not only give you uh, zoom like zoom and like some of the manual controls just for like quick fix things. It will broadcast video of what it's recording and uh, it'll give you the audio too.
0: Oh, man, I would like that for if I'm trying to record my own panels there. so I could just stay up there doing the panel and glance at the phone. But I'm a, I'm on a DSLR. That's okay, all I that got. That might not be on. good. Um, Yeah. Many congratulations. Uh, oh, you know why I didn't hear from Aaron? I just noticed it said my VoIP connection to Aaron has failed. Oh. Hmm. So, oh, and there he goes. He disappeared. Oh, <laughs> so That's. That's why. Hang on. Let me. I gotta add a note <laughs> to <go>. the timeline. <laughs> footnote here. Uh, Aaron. Everything's disconnect. gone wrong. I was like, it's weird how Aaron was so set and was about to tell me something and then stopped. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure he'll come back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got. To, I, I had a birthday on Friday, and got some stuff. I hadn't um, noticed. Most Mostly, I uh, got some gear, so it's kind of relevant to what you were just talking about. Oh. Uh, I got I got some fresh gear for my lights. I got some uh, some a Manfrotto super clamp uh, and articulated arms set up, and then I actually found another one downtown, um, so that I can have my main two lights no longer on little tripods. They're just clamped directly to the table. Hmm. And it's fantastic. I have arm space in front again, and like I can't knock the lights over. I literally can't knock the lights over. <laughs> That's actually what I have to look into.
2: Well, it's not because camcorder comes with a whole bunch of things that need upgrading. But like, all like my lights are currently just kind of attached to tripods right now, and I'm getting really kind of
0: tired of it crowding around me. Yeah, you don't need the Manfrotto one specifically. It's just that it's it's a good quality name. But uh, if you look up Manfrotto Super Clamp and Manfrotto Articulated Arm, you don't need the heavy duty articulated arm, and you don't need, you you just need like a two segment articulated arm. Uh, and it should hold any like small light um, mm-hmm. that has like a mounting screw in the bottom. If it doesn't have a mounting screw in the bottom, you can just get another clamp to put on the other end and just clamp the light onto it somehow. Like it, it depends on on how your lights actually are are made. But it's great for product photography to just have the lights clamped onto the table. I'm hoping to get two more clamps and arm setups for my other lights so that like there are no lights on tripods on the table. And that right. way, like the table is clear and the lights are are hovering and so I can move them around with more freedom. The the clamp and arm I actually found downtown are uh way strong they're like the double arm, which is like twice as strong. Um and it's got like teeth ratchets on the joints. And uh that one I'm I'm getting a Skype call from Aaron. Yeah, like what do I do about that? I got really confused for a second. Uh I don't know what to do about this. Um uh it says he's back in the call. Hang I on I'm gonna him. answer. I'm gonna answer. hello, hey, hang on, let me put you on speaker. Hello, Aaron. hello hey uh are you in Zencaster still?
1: I am I am all right one minute, one minute 40, 40, 30, 40, 34. or one hour forty thirty six thirty seven thirty
0: eight all right seems to be working. This is all just gonna be in the show. I don't think we need to edit any of this out uh, okay. All right, we can't hear you in Zencaster, but I'm seeing your I'm seeing Okay, I
1: I still see squiggles. I see you squiggles. I see an occasional TJ squiggle. Weird. TJ, can you hear him in Zencaster?
0: No, I just see his little lines going up and down. Well, that's weird. Uh huh. um Well, we'll see what happens. What was I saying just now? I I can only hear you, so You can't hear TJ?
1: I cannot hear TJ. I cannot hear TJ. Well, that's interesting. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Well, uh, well, 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 what are you?
0: No, that what, means yeah. Aaron can't hear us in Zencaster.
1: That is, That is what I said, wasn't it? I can't hear anything out of Zencaster.
0: I didn't catch that part right away. Yeah. Well, that's kooky. Um, here, I'm going to fix this so the recording's not all screwed up, and I'm, I'm going to put you off speaker and just in my ear. Okay. All right, well, uh, yeah, you just so TJ can't hear you, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, can we hear, only, I can hear. Well, well, he can't hear me either. No, he can't hear you either now. Yeah, no, no. he couldn't hear you before either because yeah, you're, I have you headphone. Helicopters are fake. Yep, that's true, TJ. They are. Uh, Aaron doesn't know what we're talking about.
1: Um, I, TJ, I did find I did find the place in settings though for the, the the camera
0: all right where is it
1: uh settings scroll down pretty far photos and camera and you can have uh, at least my phone i can go 4k at 30 frames per second well yeah that's that's, 1080p hd at 60 frames per second
0: that's that's like the recording like encoding style but i'm talking about like i want it to not auto focus or auto change the exposure
1: oh like i want a locked exposure Oh well that you'd probably have to go to a custom phone camera app or something.
0: Yeah, and I, I want someone to just tell me the good one. Okay. Um by the way, for the visual here, everyone who's listening at home, I've got a headphone on one ear and then I've got my phone up to the other. TJ's just politely, hopefully like probably like hoping that I start talking about something more relevant uh to whatever it was I was talking about before. Aaron is just this distant voice in the back of my hearing perception. Yeah, he can he can kind of hear Aaron way off in the distance through my ear and out my mouth. Okay. Uh, hi, Aaron. <laughs> uh, TJ, what was hi. I talking about before that Skype call came in? I <laughs> I'm forgot not even now. Sure, anyway, you're talking about your gear, right? Uh, the clamps. Um, yeah. Uh, so this double this double arm I got with the heavier joints in the middle. Um, I, once once I get like smaller things for my lights, I'm gonna try to use that one to try suspending my camera over the table. So I can have, like, top-down shots for doing, like, V-builds and stuff. Basically, I'm, I'm getting all up in these clamps and arms. Um, all that said, I also got a light stand. I got a Manfrotto nano stand. It's like a, It, it folds up to be, like, a little one-foot, like, bundle of rod. But it can unfold to be, like, a proper, like, multi-foot-tall light stand. Um, these are all things I learned about from people who were giving seminars at the YouTube space and they said like, this is the kind of gear for product photography that you should just, if you have the money, just pick them up now and then and amass a box full of them. Um, so I'm all up in the clamps and the stands and the arms since what we do. Um, all that said, Aaron, it sounds like you were kind of out of Gen Con stories. Yeah.
1: Nothing major. All right
0: and uh tj it sounds like you were kind of like that's the apex of your what you got this week and, and, and so i i hope so uh yeah i think that uh that plus the current state of the call is a perfect time to say that's an episode <laughs> so thanks mm-hmm. for listening everyone skype uh, i'm sorry for forsaking you no no don't be sorry for forsaking skype tj we should still forsake skype Skype is a, you know the thing I was saying before about software just being a tool? That's what Skype is right now. It's yeah, a tool. I,
1: I had to restart Skype I had to restart Skype twice just to call in for the end of the show.
0: You what? Okay, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Screw Skype.
1: It, Holy it crap. Like needed updated and then it's like, oh hey, we've got another update. And it's like, no, you just told me that you updated and you want to restart my computer, but that's not happening right now
0: wow, so this is the chance Skype had to, like, Mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to make up for all that. No, restart me twice so you can call the two people you're already talking to. Screw Mm -hmm. Skype. Um, But don't screw you guys, listeners, or you guys, other podcasters. I love all of you, and uh, thank all of you listeners for listening to us this week. Uh, Stay tuned for more. We'll always be back with more Transformers talk, and uh, until then, bye bye
1: (laughs) Up, up, up,